I want to spit some fire and tell some truth to some of the kids that are out there that are feeling the pressures of, should I go to college? Like, I just feel like my, my older son said to me, I'm like, hey man, why are you going to college? He's like, I really just feel like you guys sent me to this school so I can get into that school so I can then go to college. He's like, I just feel like I have to do it. And I was like, damn, damn. Like, we put that on, you know what I mean? Like, that is the culture, right? So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Unlike most of you, I didn't go to college. I barely got through four high schools, got a GED to get out. And, and I was very lucky I found my passion early. Like some people grew up like in this town, like on surf and skate and music. I was into like people and why they do what they do. So I was the one at high school that got everybody to leave, sorry Gordon, and ditch and go to somebody's house and throw a giant party. Not at, never at my own house, always yeah, at I'm someone else's. But all that tells you is that I was just comfortable talking with people and trying to figure out why people do what they do. So today we do have the largest coaching, coaching and training company. We do tech-enabled coaching, so video-based on software that we developed. We're the only one in our field that have done anything like this. So you know, kind of pushing the envelope on innovation and marketing always. Uh, I've got about 350-ish full-time employees and consultants around the world. And, and essentially we touch about 100,000 people face-to-face -face in live events and then about a million, one, million, two a month through YouTube and other social channels. And essentially what we do is if you know a real estate agent or a mortgage company, there's a pretty good chance that they've either been through one of our training or you know I'm a flavor, so they like me or they don't like me and that's totally fine, that's just a part of business. Uh, my partners are Bank of America and a company called Zillow, which is probably the, arguably the best website to go to to go find a house, et cetera. And Bank of America is a pretty good partner to have as well. So um, kind of that's it in a nutshell. It's a really fun conversation to have to really explore authentically how people feel about the world, like their view of the world. Uh, I asked the question, if you're the President of the United States tomorrow and you can do any three things you want, what would you do? And one of mine is I would totally change the school system that, uh, and I, I don't mean to offend anybody out there who's got a family member who's a teacher or, you know, you, you know like you, I, I love all of my kids' teachers and have many friends that are teachers and I just believe that we're in a performance-based environment and it's completely irresponsible to have teachers teach and not have performance in relationship to their compensation. And the unions, all you have to do is just look at the US school system. So like anybody, anybody that looks at any data knows um, it's, it's hard to have a compelling argument that what we're doing today works. Yeah. Now, my kids go to this, you know, one of them is going to this very cool school. They do pump out like 99.9% .9 go off to great schools, oftentimes Ivy League, et cetera. But I'm just of the opinion that maybe today, it's not you, should you go to college or not. I think it's like you shouldn't be allowed, allowed to go to college unless you know what it is you want to do, right? And if you want to go become, like I was talking about my dentist this morning, a dentist, a doctor, a lawyer, let's call it a trade school. Like go in and learn your trade, right? Get very specific about the thing that you want to do professionally. Um, and if you're not clear on that, I think you need to take a gap year. I think you need to go to community college. I think you need to like explore and lean into things that you want and not gouge yourself 
with how many, you know, potentially tens of, if not a hundred plus thousand dollars in debt. And I know this is weird for you because like, you know, like, oh, I don't want to put a label on people, which, you know, I get, but like, it's almost like overdone how people respond to that stuff. But like, look, there's just certain people like in your DNA, you're just better at stuff. People that are better at math should be going more towards <clears throat> directions that are math oriented. And that also could be music. Um, if you're better with art, then like figure that out. But I think the mistake uh, that I see is like that we're not being responsible and saying, hey, look, if you choose this career path, this is what your life's gonna look like financially, right? Now, there's always gonna be a scale, right? Like if you become a full-blown film producer, director, like there's all these opportunities, right? So, and it's not always a dollar association, but I think it's a very false narrative to say what everybody was told, which is if, if you go to college and you get a good degree, you're gonna make a ton of money, you're gonna get the house, you're gonna the white picket fence, that's all bullshit, right? I mean, is that, did that work out for you? No, it's not. No, right? No. Did it work out for Steph? No. Right? So, you know, his, his bride-to-be, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, so the real, like, my wife went to Long Beach State, God bless her, I think it took her five years to get out, and she was like a, like, finance major, and she went into real estate. Right? Like, you know, sure, I could see the connection, but not really, right? So I guess it'll be really interesting to see the questions that they ask me. I certainly have a lot of opinions on this, and I know many of you out there watching, you are 10 times more intelligent than me, and you went to college, and you're gonna say, but the fraternity life, and the camaraderie, and the friendships, if you ask me, hey, what do you miss? Like, is there anything that you missed about that? I would say, yeah, like there was that section of time when the vast majority of my friends all went away to college and created these new relationships and had these incredible bonding experiences over I don't know what, drugs and alcohol basically, right? So, you know, like that became the thing. Um, but you know what, I have plenty of friends and plenty of fun. So like, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, look, at the end of the day, like a lot of people have talked about this and, and look, I didn't go to college, right? So I speak from that experience. I completely honor the fact that if you wanna to go to college, good on you. I think you should pay for it. I think free college is bullshit. Right? I do believe in education without a shadow of a doubt. I am an educator. I just don't believe in education without purpose, direction, and accountability. Right? So if we're gonna send our youth off to college, like I'd rather be like some countries that say, no, go do two years in the military first. We'll teach you a bunch of trades and then you can come out and have the choice. I've learned these skills. I could be a mechanic. I could stay and be a lifer. I've learned leadership abilities, right? Whatever it may be, and then go in. But you gotta go in with a purpose. It's like we talk about a business. You don't go into meetings without an outcome. You don't go into meetings and say, I'm here just to check it out. Like, no, man. Like, business is serious and life is serious. So, and certainly the debt that we see on college kids, like, you want to talk about a great business to be in? That's the business. <laughs> I mean, unlimited supply of suckers that sign up and pay for days and years. I mean, it's, it's actually, it's like highway robbery. Yeah. It's, it really it almost should be illegal, it's so bad, right? Instead, like, oh, you can't afford to go to college? Then maybe you should get a job, go to work, and like, I don't know, like today with YouTube and online education, there's so many, lynda.com, there's so much that we can go learn and lean in at a low to no cost and discover what it is that we're passionate about and then go apply it in college. So, it is gonna be a fun experience to see. Um, and you know, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna do things just to be controversial, like, um, but I do wanna, I want to spit some fire and tell some truth to some of the kids that are out there that are feeling the pressures of, should I go to college? Like, I just feel like my, my older son said to me, I'm like, hey man, why are you going to college? He's like, I really just feel like 
you guys sent me to this school so I can get into that school so I can then go to college. He's like, I just feel like I have to do it. And I was like, damn, damn. Like we put that on, you know what I mean? Like that is the culture, right? And look, we know there's a there's a, an equal number of people that had extraordinary college experiences and and they are using the panagamagamagam rhythm, whatever that thing was, right? Like that they're using that perhaps every day in their work. I'm not sure if they're a physicist or a scientist or, you know, an analyst of some, but like, so there is that side of it. So I think there needs to be, this would be really fascinating and somebody should build an app on this that is like, I want an algorithm that I, I answer enough questions that it's meaningful that I get a most likely on. Like, there's, this has been done in the real estate space before. Uh, I forget the name of the company, but it was funny because I took the test and it said I should be like a plumber. Um, so probably not a test like that. Like an actual one that could say, based upon your personality type, based upon your skill set, based upon what you like and what you don't like, like this, this is the areas you should be exploring. These are the things that you are most inclined to do. And you know, certainly Strength Finders is gonna give you some in, insight on that. We know there's, you know, what is it now, like 17 different intelligences. We can find these things out. Right, but to send kids off blindly into college without a plan, total waste. Right, especially if they're going into debt to, to make that happen. Like that's just it's irresponsible at a level that I I can't even stand it. Right. But look, at the end of the day, like I love my kids no matter what, and I my older boy, it's interesting. Like he, it, the college that he's at, he got accepted for business school. Business is his passion, right? Like some people are passionate about cameras, some people are passionate about surfing, some people are passionate about chocolate, right? Dogs, right? He, because of just maybe growing up in our environment, he is fascinated by like creation, like generation, creating products, creating solutions, creating businesses. And, and you know, he's got a really good mathematical mind and he has a pretty good DNA for human beings, like how, what makes people tick. So he's going to business school, like he's going in to get a trade. But I've been very clear with him from the very beginning. Look, we have a family business. We've, we've invested in lots of different companies. Like we can go start a business together. Like that to me, any entrepreneur watching this, I just believe in my heart of hearts that if you were able to build a business, you should try and figure out how do you pass that down to the next generation and how do you educate and inform and empower and let them screw up radically so when they go start their business or when they start that business with you or they take over your business, that they're not the stereotypical situation which we see all the time. You know, renegade rock star starts company, turns it over to, you know, knucklehead kids who destroy it, right? Because right? they didn't appreciate it, didn't have to work for it, didn't have any grittiness, you know, were babied along the way. You've seen my kids, there is no babying, right? They've worked every year at the summit, I make them do all the crappy jobs, like I, I make them, I don't make them, we, we give them the opportunity to go make shirts and donate all the money and they don't get any of the money, like 100% of it goes to charity, right? So they're just slaving for like 16 hour days, you know, selling t-shirts to rock star wonderful people that are willing to contribute to the cause, but they get nothing out of that. Like you, teaching them those kind of things, like hard work. Work ethic. Work ethic, yeah. grittiness, going the extra mile. Being it's appreciative. Absolutely. Yeah. And the value of a handshake and looking someone in the eyes and saying, hey, thank you so much. You know, you didn't have to buy this, this product. You didn't have to buy this service. You didn't have to buy this t-shirt in this case. But thank you for doing this because it's going to make a difference, right? Like teaching them those skills. And then, you know, I've been on them. They've been on stage. Like what, what is everybody afraid of? Death and dying in public speaking? And most people would rather die then speak in public. I was very clear at two and four when my kids, you know, when we started Ferry International, 
my kids were on stage every time. And when they were able to finally speak, and I mean like say something of value other than just hi, right? I had them on stage talking about stuff, the charities that we were interested in, Wounded Warriors, uh, CASA, um, you know, breast cancer research. We spent three years raising money to build an orphanage in Ghana that was their pen pal, right? Having them get on stage, like that skill, that translates to a lot of areas of their life, right? So I also, I have about 47 investments in startup companies uh, to just get Series A this week, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, so I kind of live in this world of startups as well as I can reflect back on 16 years ago. Um, what I would tell you all to think about is just the statistics, right? So 90% of small businesses fail, 90%, right? That's the number. So if you're gonna become an entrepreneur and you can't face failure and deal with being punched in the face every single day, can you guys back me up on this? And, and metaphorically, like when you, when you say, I'm going to go do this, you, you basically are staking the claim that if it's going to happen, it's up to you. And if it fails, it's 100% your fault. No one cares, the market doesn't care, your competition doesn't care, no one cares. So if you know you're a number one, like you know you wanna go do this, it's already in your DNA, this is just cool for you. But if you know like in your heart of hearts, you're a team player, you're probably better off being like a VP someplace or a frontline manager or a salesperson or what, you know, an engineer, whatever you choose to be, I would tell you, follow that path. Because like even right now in the US, there's 28 million businesses in the US and only 4% do more than a million dollars in revenue. Only 4%, so figure out the math. The failure rate is extremely high. You really have to be a baller, a gamer, somebody with some unique factors, some unique skill sets. Um, and then I would say to you, just along those same lines, try not, not to talk you out of it, but like if you know you want to do it, there's nothing I'm going to say. You're going to go do it, and you'd be the person I'd be interested in investing in. The second thing you got to think about is, it's, the whole game is innovation and marketing. Like that's business in a nutshell. So all of us up here, we do something unique in our business, and I, and I bet, the technology that we're using today is not the same technology we started with 16 years ago, right? 16 years ago, I was faxing people. Do you guys even know what a fax machine is? Remember fax machines, right? You need to be early on things. You need to pay attention to what the trends are. You need to reinvent your business every three to four years, and you need to reinvent yourself every 12 to 18 months because as your business grows and improves and as things get better, you basically hit a higher level of pain and issues and challenges HR becomes a factor, right, where you spend a lot of your time, and if you're not comfortable with that, like there's just all these different levels of learning. There's not one class you're gonna take in college that is gonna give you the magic button. There is no magic button. So here's the numbers. 90% failure rate and 28 million businesses right now in the US, 4% of them do more than a million dollars a year in revenue, right, 4%. There's nothing wrong with all those other ones, but be really clear, most of those people don't own a business, they have a job, and they're responsible for everything and they maybe make a nice little salary from their deal. So the other advice I would have to, for you, especially right now at your age, start something now. Start something now. You wanna be an entrepreneur? Start something now. You can go buy t-shirts and flip them and sell them on Amazon or eBay, you know, a lemonade stand. You can go start a technology company. How many of you know how to use a video camera, like a, a, a camera like this, or your iPhone really well? You can become an Instagram sensation and, and have people pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Don't wait to start, because you're gonna make a million mistakes. Start making them at this age when they don't really matter. That would be my advice.
go for boom or bust. Okay. Right? How old are you? 14. So you fail, who cares? You with me? Like my mentor, do you guys all know the Irvine company? Yeah. Right? Kind of own, they started yeah. this place or finance it, right? So my mentor was on the ninth floor with Donald Brand. He was the chief marketing officer for the company. I met him at 18 years old in a board meeting full of uber wealthy, successful business people. And he had a Walt Disney Mickey Mouse watch on and he sat next to me and I was like, oh, I love Disney. I'm like, <laughs> who were, and I was super blessed that he kind of took me under his wing. The advice he gave me was don't think about money until you're after 30 years old. All you want is experience because money, making money is easy, right? Making money is like, you got a problem, I solve it. It's an arbitrage, I make money on it, right? Like it's actually really easy to make money, like for everybody. If you just bring value, solve problems, you make money. The hard part though is building something of substance, right? So, so the first thing is I would say right now, between now and like 27, 28, go boom or bust. And it's totally cool if you bust multiple times. You with me on this? I have to be sensitive. Don't listen to anybody else. You with me? Yeah. Don't listen to the people that say, you need to play it safe. You need to stay in your lane, man. Come on, dude, be a drone. You with me? You gotta go here, then you gotta go here, and then if you're lucky, you get the white picket fence in the house. That is all BS. You with me? If you're passionate about something, go for your passion. 1,000%. And then the second part of the question is, look, buying real estate, I own a lot of real estate, I'm a huge fan of it. At the end of the day, they're not making any more of like real estate, like land in the US. So it, you have to figure out like what is your risk factor, right? Like do you wanna buy single family residences? The challenge with that, and I own a few, the challenge is if your tenant leaves, you now are vacant and gotta fix it and there's no more money coming in. Yeah. So most people would say multi-unit, which is kind of more where I land, and it's expensive around us. Right, so trying to find places maybe outside of the state of California. So I'll challenge you, you're 14, I bought my first place at 18. You with me? Like, yeah. had my job, made a bunch of money, like, didn't, you know, like, wasn't paying rent, moved back home for like three months, saved every dollar I made, and bought my first piece of real estate, right? Down in Laguna Niguel, Moulton and Glenwood, right? So at the end of the day, like if you look at the wealthiest people on the planet, the ones that start these monster companies and the big technology hoobie do and these unbelievable patent companies, you know what they all do with their wealth? They put it back into real estate, right? Commercial, shopping centers, I mean, go, go to Shady Canyon, which I'm a member of down the street. Every guy and gal you talk to, oh yeah, I started this business, we created this you know, billion dollar, blah, 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 blah. What do you own? Shopping centers, you know, commercials. I mean, like, cause it's, it's like a very safe, investment that regardless of, of most market cycles continues to do well. So I don't know if I answered that question, but no, yeah. yeah, 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 and there's an eight bazillion videos you can watch on YouTube. Just be mindful when people start saying no money down, you know, those deals existed like when my, when my stepmom got started, she's from born and raised in Honolulu, right? So she's half Russian, half Polynesian, kind of World War II kid, if you will. And when she moved here in like 19, 70, I think it was, 68, 70. She started buying real estate, no money down, and owns a ton of property between Santa Barbara and San Diego. Those days are over, right? And you don't want to be that person that got caught like in the last real estate cycle of seven, eight, nine, ten, when people were buying homes with little money down because loans were super easy, and then the market turned, all their appreciation was gone, they couldn't make their payments, people couldn't rent, they were totally wiped out. So I'd rather own one property very conservatively than own a bunch of properties with a little bit of money down because you're playing a razor thin margin game. So I've started 17 different companies. 
and just bought one today. So I have a little more context around that. If there was one thing I wish I had known in starting, I wish I wasn't so arrogant and cocky. Do you know what I mean? Like now I had left a very successful business. I rose from nothing to the president of the company and took a little family business from three million to about $45 million in revenue. So, you know, when you do something like that, you kind of think like, I got some swag. Like I know what I'm doing. When I started over, my mindset was, what's it look like at 145 employees? How do I get there as fast as possible? And I tried to build too fast. You with me? So there's just a natural cycle to things, right? Like if, like I have a garden at my house. I don't know if you guys like enjoy gardening, but like we like going out and grabbing the lettuce. Like you plant it, it takes time, you nurture it, it develops, it grows, it becomes something. You with me? So, so what I did too fast in this business was we grew so fast, then the market turned. And I was over leveraged in terms of how many employees versus how much revenue, how much reoccurring revenue, the market shifted. Fortunately, I had a bunch of cash. So, you know, my cash went from here to here. And then we made some really good moves and came out of that in like 2009. But, you know, when you watch your cash balance go from here to here and you're married, it doesn't make for really fun conversations. So I think knowing what I know now, because we went from zero to basically $10 million in three years. And like the magic number is getting north of $10 million in any business. You with me? So we got there in three years, which was really fast. And the problem was, Personally, I was okay financially, but the company could not withstand that much of a correction, so we suffered. I went two years without taking a paycheck, right? Like, that's business, you with me? Like, the option was fold it down and do things on my own, so that would be my answer. The thing I didn't get to say that uh, Anusha and I were fighting over the microphone, how many of you think you're gonna start a business? Just raise your hands if you think you're gonna start a business ever. I hope all of you, right? But here's the thing, right? The, the thing I would tell you is, the first couple times, don't take any cash. Don't take any outside money. I'm an investor in 47 different companies. Like, this is what I do. Like, like, this is one side of my business, this is another side of my business. We're looking at companies every day to invest in, to help accelerate the company, to work with the CEO, to figure out their sales and marketing strategy, to create repeatable processes for creating more revenue. Like, that, like I nerd out on that, and yet I tell entrepreneurs, don't take any money. Right? Eat your own dog food, put your own money on the line, right? you will make different decisions. When you take somebody else's money and you got a fat million dollar, two million dollar, five million dollar, five hundred thousand dollar check in the bank that is someone else's cash, you make different decisions than when it's your own money. Does that make sense? That may be a little heady, but you know, it's okay to go slow. Not, not stupid slow, but you know, tortoise versus the hare. Do you know what I mean? We all want to be the hare. We were too much the hare. We needed to like slow down and make sure that we like really did it the right way. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.